There seem to be a lot of songs out there about what to do when it's tough. <laughs> and I'm glad they have those songs. But you know, we need to know something. God has promised us victory. Do you realize that? That's what the scripture teaches us. You can read the Old Covenant, you can read the New Covenant, and the Scripture promises us victory. There, there, there is an adversary. There are things to overcome. The Scripture talks about being an overcomer, talks about being more than a conqueror. We understand that you can't overcome unless you fight something or someone, but the Scripture promises us that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And so there is this thing that we are we're, we're, we're called to the place of victory. One time in my life, when I was very ill, <clears throat> there was not, didn't, have any, didn't have enough money, didn't have enough uh, of anything to get well. And I, I remember I was in a in a maize field out west of Lubbock, Texas, here, and I ran across a verse of scripture, and the verse of scripture says, "Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ." And I stopped and I thought, wait, what does that say? Which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Not most of the time. Not if I do everything just right. But always causes us to triumph in Christ. And I remember praying. I was in this maize field. And I, and I stopped and I said, okay. Either my life is a lie. Or the book is a lie. And I fortunately had the sense to say, my life must be the lie. Mm. Because God cannot lie. Mm. Not that he will not, he simply cannot lie. Because he's God. And so beginning that day, I began to repeat, confess that passage of scripture. And it didn't turn around immediately. But I'll tell you, one day I looked at Tammy and she looked at me and we said, you know what? That passage has been fulfilled in our lives. I didn't die because it looked like I could. We had a car that could run now. It was a nice day because we had lost everything at that time. But we had to choose either what God says is true or what the circumstances say is true. And every time I would say, thanks be unto God, <coughs> which always causes me to triumph in Christ. The devil shouted at me and said, you are lying. You're, you're not triumphing here. That's a lie. You understand if the devil says something to you, it is a lie. Amen. And so we had to learn to say, the circumstances will change. And there's a big difference between the truth and the fact. Because the fact is, we were busted, disgusted, and everything else. But the truth is that we triumphed in Christ. And we hung on to the truth and we saw God change that. You see, we each have a race to run. We each have a fight to fight. And we need to fight that fight not hoping we might win, knowing we've already won. Mm. Knowing that what the blood of Jesus has purchased for us has already made us more than conquerors through him that loved us. It's already been purchased for us. 
I love the Apostle Paul when he said in, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. I've fought a good fight. What's a good fight? I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I've been since I was a little boy. And if they ever play a close game and lose by a point or two, and if somebody ever says to me, oh, that was a good game, I just say, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, here's a good game to me. When the Cowboys play the Redskins and win by four touchdowns, that's a good game. <laughs> uh, man, that's what I want to see. I wanted to slaughter somebody. That's the fight we're fighting. You know, it's not close. One time Tammy was praying and she ran across the scripture and, and it talked about that the children of Israel were at the Red Sea and, 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 and they, they took a step into the water and it split for them and they walked across and she says to the Lord, she says, wow, that was close. Because they had a mountain here and a mountain there and Pharaoh behind them and they stepped in and the sea opened up. Wow, that was close. And the Lord spoke to her and said, it was never close. <laughs> the psalmist said, the path led through the sea. The road was already there. They just had to follow it. So we have a fight to fight. We have, and, and it's something that we're supposed to walk in. We have this fight to fight. We're never going to finish this, this, this course that we're on until two things happen. Number one, we learn to walk in love. We've got to learn how to love. We've got to understand that God loves me. And now my responsibility is to love God. And I'm responsible to love you. We gotta walk in love. The scripture says faith works by love, and so if we're gonna be people who walk walk with God in His love, if we're gonna be people who win the fight, we understand it's a fight of faith. That's what the apostle said. He says we fight a fight of faith. If we have this fight of faith, we're gonna to have to walk in love, walk in love with God. I love the passage of scripture in First John four sixteen when John said, "And we have known and believed the love." That God hath for us, God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in Him. We got to know the love. We got to believe the love. We got to walk in the love. The Scripture says in First John five four, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we believe the love. We walk in love, and and that 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 that, that faith activates love, or that love activates faith. So we've got to have all those things. What happens sometimes with Christians is we're trying just to finish. We're trying just to get out even with a tie. We don't want that. We want to win because that's what God's called us to. So I'm going to teach you for the next several weeks part of this arsenal that we have of victory. We're going to talk about grace from now to the end of the summer from what I can tell. And I want us to see some things about grace. I think if we, if we tonight, if we, you know, ask everyone before I begin to teach, what is the definition of grace? And I've asked this question to many people over the years, and here's the basic answer that I get from people. People say something like, well, grace is, is the unearned kindness of God that forgives me of my sin." That's a pretty good definition, right? But not for the word grace. That's the definition of mercy. We have an idea that grace is this thing that I can sit on the couch and I can watch the cowboys and it comes 
mystically falling on me and forgives me of my sin. And if I kick the dog and cuss at the paper boy, I need grace to get my sin forgiven. That's what most people think grace is. Well, we're going to find out. That's really not the definition of grace at all. Grace is an empowerment that we're going to look at. Grace is the thing that's going to take you to another level. It's going to give the devil another kick in the tail, if you understand what it is. So if you have a Bible or a device, here's the passage we want to look at. We want to look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse 14. Now, we're going to use this passage for several weeks here as, as we talk about grace. And I'm going to get to the definition of grace before we get finished, by the way. Here's what the Bible says. John 1, verse 14. And the Word, now it's talking about Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What was Jesus full of? Grace and truth. He's full of it. The word full here in the Greek language literally means replete to the point of running over. Jesus had grace and truth running over out of his life. Verse 15 says, John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, talking about John the Baptist. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, and he and he was before me. And of his fullness, what's he full of? Grace and truth. Of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You see, we need to know how to walk in victory, it is the will of God for you to defeat the devil. It's the will of God for you to defeat habits. The will of God for you to overcome the curse of the law. You read Deuteronomy 28, you find out the curse of the law is basically these things. It's basically sickness and disease, poverty, defeat at the hands of the enemy, and death. You read, that's a, it's, it has lots of words in Deuteronomy 28, but you boil it down to the last half of it. It talks about the curse of the law. It boils it down to those four things. The scripture says in the New Testament, it says that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. And that by faith, we have the blessing of Abraham. Okay, so we're not supposed to walk in the defeat of the curse of the law. Here's where the devil comes in. Well, see, that's a lie because you are defeated. It may look like that now, but we look at things a different way, okay? So we need to know that God wants us to fulfill his will to have victory in our lives. That's only going to come about as we understand what grace will do and how it works on our behalf. Without God's grace, we've got to understand a couple of things. Without his grace, you can't even get out of bed in the morning. Without his grace, you're not going to run a comb through your hair. Without his grace, you're not going to do anything apart from his favor. You have no hope and no future. But you do have his grace. So I'm glad that God doesn't give me what I deserve. <laughs> he gives me favor. He gives me grace. 
He gives me his love. He gives me wholeness, righteousness, goodness, forgiveness. He gives me all of those things. So I want us to look tonight at this subject of grace here for a few minutes. Now, we, are, we looked at, at that verse of Scripture in verse 16 that we just read. It says, And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. Of his fullness, grace comes to us from God, from Jesus' fullness. Apart from him, there is no grace. There is, there's nothing. So we've got to understand, first of all, that, that grace comes from him, only from him, right? Grace is an important thing. It comes to us out of his fullness. It's a free gift. I can never earn grace. Here's what the Bible says. It says, it says for by grace are you saved. Now, most people stop right there. But there's more to this verse than for by grace are you saved. It goes on to say, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We understand this about grace. It comes to us by faith. Faith receives what grace provides. Faith receives what grace provides. You were saved by grace through, the Bible says, faith. The word through, the Greek word is dia, and that word dia means channel. We are saved by grace, and the channel grace travels is faith. We're saved by grace, and the channel that grace travels through is faith. The scripture says that you heard the word, and when you believed the word, you got saved. Okay? So, so grace is God's free gift that I can never earn. I can't make it happen, but I do have to receive it. His grace for me being born again was there all the time, but it wasn't until the moment I received it by faith, that's when I was born again. Okay, so, so grace is God's, it, it, it comes from God, it's from Him only, it's only by Him and through Him, but it comes, grace is only received by faith. Romans 4.16 says this, it says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. It is of faith that it might be by grace. That way everybody can have the exact same salvation. And by the way, when it says, for by grace are you saved through faith, the word saved does not mean born again. It includes being born again. The word literally means rescued, delivered, made whole, and made well. When Jesus, when Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, he said to him, your faith, has healed you, the word healed is the same word as saved here. When the sinful woman anointed Jesus with, her, with the oil and wiped his feet with her hair, he said, your, your faith has saved you. Same Greek word as saved there. It means to be rescued, delivered, made well, made whole. 
Okay, so we understand that this grace, we're going to talk about grace more than anything else, but the grace comes to us as we believe what God says. That's kind of good news. That means when I believe it, I can have it because faith receives what grace provides. Grace provides you with whatever being saved is. Rescue, deliverance, being made well, being made whole. Grace brings it. So we're saved by grace. Grace is the force that gives faith a purpose. Because it comes as we believe it. Okay? Now, we can't get it based on our performance. This is where a lot of Christians mess up. If I can just read the Bible enough, then I can get grace. Reading the Bible doesn't give you grace. Believing the Bible does. But not having faith in reading the Bible. Now, I know people have faith in faith. Our faith is in God. And as we believe God and believe what he says, then grace can travel through this channel of belief. Isn't this good? Amen. Man, so what happens is if I get up early every day and I pray for an hour every day and I have this idea that now because I prayed for an hour today that God owes me something. (laughs) Not faith. Not grace. That means that now I worked for it. That God owes me my wage or my reward. It's dead. Now, by the way, getting up and praying for an hour is a good thing. Okay, that's not a bad thing. But that doesn't mean I deserve something because I did something for God. Can I just tell you something? He doesn't owe me anything. He already paid a debt that he did not owe. I'm the one who owes the debt. I can never pay it, but he's already done it for me. Okay, so it's not my works that will get it. The Apostle Paul spoke about the righteousness that comes by faith. You're not righteous because you did things right. You're righteous because Jesus became sin for you and you became righteousness through him. You've got to believe those things. He said the righteousness of faith. It's not about me making it happen. It's God's grace. God's grace. See, we have this idea that says, well, you know, I get up early and I pray every day, so that makes me better than you, and, I, and I, can, I can receive more grace than you. Well, not necessarily. That's like two guys saying, I can jump to the moon, and, and one of them said, no, I can jump to the moon. They both jump up, and one guy can jump a little higher than the other, but neither got up to the moon because it would take a, a miracle for that to happen. Many people are disappointed sometimes because their faith is in the wrong thing. Our faith can't be in my prayer, my Bible study, my confession of the word. My faith can't be in the government or the bank or my job. My faith has to be in God alone. Okay? We've got to have faith. God is the only source that we can believe in. Have you thought about that scripture where Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. I think that's what it says. I think that's what they get. The poor, in, what does that mean? The blessed are the poor in spirit. We have this idea that means, you know, to be self-abased and all this. No, no. What that means is blessed are those in whom God is their source and only source for everything. 
Theirs is the kingdom of God. That's what poor in spirit is. God is the absolute source of everything. We must have faith in him. Jesus told us in Mark chapter 11, he said, have the faith of God. The King James Bible says have faith in God. Look at the Greek words there. If, it's, if, it, if it actually said have faith in God, it, the Greek words would be entheos. But Jesus didn't use those two Greek words. He used the Greek word theau, which means God's <laughs> faith. It's a possessive word, which means God's, G-O-D apostrophe S, or of God. Jesus said have God's faith. Now even that's really good news. That means it's his faith I get to use. It's not my faith. It's his faith. And I use it because... It comes from His Word. It's His faith, His Word, His grace, His mercy, His power, His everything. Because He came into my life a while back and we became roommates. And we get to use His stuff. <laughs> All of His stuff. So it's God's faith that we use. There's a story in, 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 in 2 Chronicles chapter, chapter 14 through 16 about King Asa. Asa is one of the good kings of Judah. In chapter 14, we found out that Asa sought the Lord, he trusted God, and he won this big victory over Ethiopia. And, and, and by the power of God, they had peace for 35 years. Well, after those 35 years in chapter 16, they were attacked by the Syrians. And over those, over those years, he forgot exactly how he got the victory the last time. And so instead of seeking the Lord, he sought to get help from the Egyptians. And they got help from the Egyptians, and they won. Because God is just good that way. In that same chapter, it talks about that at the end of his days, he got a disease in his feet. And the scripture says he sought not the Lord, but only the physicians. And he died. Now, what it's not saying is that if you go to the doctor, you're going to die. That's not what it's saying. It's not saying if you go to the doctor that God won't be happy with you. That's not what it's saying. The problem was not that he sought help from the doctors or that he sought help from the Egyptian armies. The problem was he sought those things first and didn't seek God. Okay, we need to be people who understand grace comes from God alone and our faith must be in God that his grace travels to us through a channel of faith as we believe him and, and here's the deal. Faith is not like trying hard to believe God. I'm not seeing Christians do that. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to believe. You either do or you don't, by the way. And we are called believers. What do believers do? Believe. <laughs> Swimmers swim. Runners run. Believers believe. And I'm going to tell you right now, we are believers in this room. And there is Amen. not one of us who has more capacity to believe than somebody else. I don't have to have the faith of Billy Graham. don't have to have the faith of, of Oral Roberts. I just have to have the faith of Randy Voigt. Because that's the only one I can be. And I just simply believe him. Because, and, and that is a channel that faith travels through. So let, let's talk about this again. When we read those verses... In John chapter 1, 14 through 17, the word grace is used four different times in that passage. Grace, the Greek word for grace is charis. We would in English say charis. Grace means graciousness. It means, the root word means to be full of cheer, to be calmly happy, to be well off. It means to be well. All right, the word grace literally means favor that is not earned. Favor. 
that is not earned. As a Baptist boy, I learned that it meant unmerited favor. That is probably the best definition for grace that you can find. Favor that I did not earn. Favor. I want you to remember that. Grace in the Greek, in the Greek New Testament, the word for grace is the word for favor in Greek. Favor. Grace means favor. We were saved by favor. God favored us. He saw us. He had mercy. Oh, thank him for his mercy. That it's new every morning. And in that mercy, he obliterated my sin. But it was his favor that saved me. As I believed him. Favor came into my life. He, we were saved. We not only were saved by that favor, we live by that favor. We not only have favor, but it's the will of God for us to have more and more and more of it. Can I tell you something? If we're going to win and live in the victory we're supposed to live in, we need his favor. Favor opens doors that nobody can close. Favor Make somebody say yes on the outside when on the inside they were thinking no all the way through. <laughs> favor. It's when people, after you walk away, they go, why, why did we do that? Why did we sell it at that price? Why, why are we helping them again? Favor. The favor of God rains hailstones on his enemies and delivers the righteous. Favor. That the enemy cannot stop. He doesn't have the ability to withstand the favor of God. This is really cool, I think. We must have favor. Listen to these passages, these verses of Scripture. If you want to turn there, you can. This is in Genesis chapter 6. We have to have favor. And bear in mind that favor and grace are the same word. And the reality is, is that grace travels through the channel of faith. As I believe God, faith, by faith, the grace of God, the favor of God is activated. It's activated in my life. Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. And it says, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. Now, that doesn't sound very good so far, does it? The word repented, the Hebrew is, is talking about that God basically went, he sighs deeply. Because he had this man that he loves with everything, and man doesn't want anything to do with God. And so, so it repented him. He has this deep, grieving sigh. It says, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Look at verse number 8, though. But, what does but do? It wipes out everything before it. Okay? It's that conjunction. There are are certain butts that are the blessed butts in the Bible, and this is one of them right here. (laughs) But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's powerful. God is getting ready to wipe out all human beings. He's getting ready to wipe them out, but... Noah found grace. The word grace, the Hebrew word, literally means favor. Noah 
found it. In other words, he was looking for it. He was believing God and bumped right into grace as he was believing God. He found it. The word found means to acquire, to find, to attain. He found favor. God's getting ready to wipe out the earth. Noah found the opposite. Think about this. Favor made the difference between life and death for Noah and his family. Favor made the difference. The favor that Noah found with enough grace, you can get through what will destroy everyone else. They might be falling apart, but you'll be being held together. They might be dying of that sickness, but you'll be being delivered. They might, they might be giving up hope, and you'll be walking in hope, walking in faith. With favor, what kills everyone else won't touch you. You'll see it happen. The Bible says... They'll fall, 10,000 will fall at your side. And you'll see it, but it won't come near you. That's favor. That's the grace of God. That's what grace is about. See, the ark of Noah is a type of Jesus and our salvation. We just need to climb aboard, and that favor is ours. And it sails through what destroys the world. I love this. From the word favor in the English, we get the word Favorite. <laughs> what are you? I'm just God's favorite. <laughs> Cammy has told me for 40-something years. She says, well, I'm just God's favorite. <laughs> I'm just God's favorite. Let's see, we can all become God's favorite when we, by faith, receive the favor that is ours by the blood of Jesus Christ. We can be his favorite. See, God has to have more than one favorite because he's not a respecter of persons. So if he has one favorite, he can have lots of favorites. Tammy can be his favorite, so can I. I just claim it for me. A, a favorite is simply a person who has special favor. That means they have more favor operating in their life than operates in somebody else's life. Doesn't mean God likes them better. To be specially favored is not to be a respecter of persons because a respecter of persons treats someone different because of who they are. Favor. When God treats us with favor, it's not because of who we are, but it's because of who he is and because we have chosen to receive his grace. We've chosen to receive it because the channel of faith draws the grace into my life. He'll do the same for anybody who believes it. So this evening, we need to begin to say, I am God's favorite. I am favored. What, what will destroy others will never come near me. That's what favor does. Now let's look again at our text back in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have. Now notice the word have here. That's a past tense word, isn't it? It doesn't say will have. It says we have all received. 
we have all received and grace for grace for the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ it says that what he was full of we should be full of out of his fullness out of what he was full of we can receive namely grace Jesus was full of favor and we can draw from that whatever he's full of we can have Here's, I love this right here. This is the amplified version of verse number 16. For out of his fullness, this of his abundance, we have all received and all had a share. We were all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. I love that passage of Scripture. I mean, I've meditated in that. That is the definition of grace. The Amplified says, For out of His fullness, His abundance, we have all received, all had a share, we were all supplied with, one grace after another, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. That's John John chapter 1, verse 16. Now the Amplified Bible. Gift heaped upon gift. Favor upon favor. Out of what Jesus was filled with, we can receive in abundance. Favor upon favor. The Young's literal translation says, Out of his fullness did we all receive and grace over against grace. Let me tell you what that's telling me. It's referring to grace that is stacked upon grace. Is talking about another layer of grace on top of the layer of grace. It's talking about more and more grace. You see, we've taught for generations that we just need to get grace to be born again. That is not what the Bible teaches. There is grace for salvation, but folks, there is grace for healing. There is grace for deliverance. There is grace for the race that God has called each one of us to run. There is grace for the victory. There is grace upon grace, favor upon favor, a stack of grace that I need to be piling on. The Bible talks about layers of favor upon our life. We should never be satisfied with just a single layer. Most Christians settle for the short stack. No, no, we need the full stack. We need all the favor that God will pour out on us, all that we will receive. You see, it's the will of God for our lives to consist of layer after layer of his favor. We need grace for the new birth, stacked with grace for healing. Grace for healing, stacked with with the favor in the marketplace. Favor in the marketplace, stacked with favor in relationships, and on and on and on. Listen to this passage of Scripture. This is in Luke chapter 1, verse 28. Gabriel came, and he's speaking to Mary. This is a great passage. It says, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. You know what? If there is, there's favored, and then there's highly favored. That's like another level of favor. The word, by the way, is the word for grace. So he comes, he comes to Mary and says, you know what? You're not just graced. You're highly graced. Amen. 
You have, you have more than just a regular grace here. You've got a lot of grace. It says, The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, Cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Listen to this. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Found it. Like Noah, Mary found favor. How do you find it? You believe it. You believe it. I mean, she she just bumped into his favor by her faith. She didn't earn it because you can't earn it. You just you just have to believe God. She was highly favored. This is a different degree of favor. I mean, she was highly graced. Now, let me just throw this out to you. Since God can't be a respecter of persons, if Mary could be highly favored, so can I. So can you. We can have another layer of grace. The grace, the favor that she received, that she found, changed her life forever. And changed ours forever. Let me ask you something. What could you do with more favor? What could you do? I mean, we're talking about grace that's beyond. With more favor... We could do with ease what has been difficult. With more favor, we could defeat habits that have been hindering us for decades. With more favor, we can do what we couldn't do before. With more favor, there's more that could happen. With more grace, man, comes not only the opportunity, but the empowerment by God to achieve what he's called us to. We can have this favor that's different. Here's what the Bible says. This is Ephesians 1, verse 16. Because sometimes people say, yeah, well, she got high. She was married. She's the mother of God. She's certainly she's got more favor than us. Listen to Ephesians 1, verse 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, talking about grace, wherein in the grace he made us accepted in the beloved. The little, the little word accepted here is exactly the same word as highly favored to marry in the grace. He has made you highly favored. What verse is that? It's Ephesians 1.6. He's made us accepted, highly favored. In his grace, you have been given a high level of grace. Highly favored. Now, I don't know about you. That just makes me want to dance. I have the same kind of favor. That Mary had when Gabriel came to her and said, you're highly favored. You have, you have grace beyond what others have had. I want you to think about some scriptures here before I close. It says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. And look what this one says here. But grow... In grace. In other words, there's more grace to be had. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The word grow means to enlarge or get bigger. In other words, there is more grace to be had. More favor to walk in. We need to grow to another layer of favor. But we can't make it happen. We simply find it by living in faith with God. 
James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, but he giveth more grace. More grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. More grace. Larger grace. The proud are those who set their opinion as to have more power than God's word. We're not those people. The proud do it without God. They're like, I can do this without God. We need his grace. It's of his fullness. There is more grace. Listen, grace puts us in the right time, in the right place, at the right time, for the right opportunity, every single time. More grace opens doors. More grace provides opportunity. More grace takes us even to the right doctor. It takes us to the right spot. More grace provides us to be in the right place at the right time. More grace we get... It it empowers us to say the right thing, to do the right thing. We need more grace. I like it. We need him. He puts us in this place, gives us words to say. Listen, grace brings revelation from heaven. We simply need to believe God. We need to be in this place as favorites. First thing you got to know about grace, you can have it. You are highly favored. When you recognize that, you'll walk different. You'll hold yourself different. You'll, you, I mean, you know, you can hold your head up. So you know there's favor of God on you. More grace. Amen?